0: Do you have any idea what the bell is? Okay, oh, <laughs> <God. I> don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't figured it out. If that's what you're asking,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the bell is. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I remember something that I did the bell for, but I don't remember if I'm still doing that or if we have moved on.
1: I don't think we had moved on recently.
0: Okay, then it's probably still that. That's that's good
1: okay (laughs) it's not not
0: too hard i don't think i think someone should get it soon
1: yeah i had a feeling we were close to someone getting it at least unless someone mentioned it in the reddit comments like recently
0: i think i have notifications on for all our reddit posts so i should have seen it if they did well hey kit how's it going andrew (laughs) hey it's good uh what's the occasion for calling me today
1: Oh, uh, you know, I, I thought it'd be really fun to start a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Like what? Like about cubing or something?
1: I, I guess. I mean, I there's not a lot going on in cubing right now, yeah. but you like, know, it's wh- kind Why do you
0: want to start a cubing podcast in the middle of a pandemic?
1: Because uh, I am just a masochist, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh... No other reason. <laughs> Well, I guess we can talk about stuff since we have all of history until this point to talk about. Um,
1: oh, good idea. Yeah, maybe we should talk about all of history until this point to talk about because we've never done a podcast before. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. So, okay, let's start at the beginning. Okay.
1: Um, it was 1494 AD. Oh, we're starting there? I thought you were going
0: to say it was 14 billion years ago. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> all
1: right, we can we can go back there. Do, do, do we have they invented fire yet?
0: I don't think so. Oh, that's all, right, a all, right. all right, so 13.8 billion years ago. Uh <laughs> I don't know. There's like a big big like what's it called? Uh big boom or something. Uh and stuff starts uh, yeah. existing.
1: Is that is that where the cube started? I think so. It just kind of came out of the big boom?
0: Yeah. There's okay. the large boom. and the then, large boom. And then we have Rubik's Cubes. Hey, this reminds me of a video idea I wanted to record, actually. <laughs> um, hold is, on. Is... I need to write a note about this. I've been looking for things to make videos about because I'm trying to get back into it.
1: Oh, are you now?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess that's something
1: we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. That's... I I think there are some angry uh, YouTube commenters that don't like your podcast that really want you back on YouTube. Are there? I haven't noticed the angry ones. <laughs> I don't know about angry, but I definitely know, like... <laughs> yeah. One thing yeah, I think I that's been interesting when I read your YouTube comment sections is I noticed that there's a lot of uh, people who are like, where have you been? Where are you? What are you yeah. doing? And it's like, did you miss the whole like podcast video that you made? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs>
0: I mean I did I did post a video recently so oh that's something I didn't know yeah you didn't see it Oh, you should go watch it it's good and actually probably like around the time this podcast comes out there will be a new video coming out that I'm recording soon
1: it's 2021 and we have Andrew Nathanson YouTube videos I guess colorful pockets YouTube videos
0: we do yeah uh (laughs) so those are a thing that's been that's been pretty fun just something to do, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I managed to drag my brother into being in them for the first time, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess you you have less uh, talent to work with right now.
0: <laughs> That's very rude of you. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Apologies to your brother. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's like you don't have a lot of cues no, yeah. to work with. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. Uh. <laughs>
1: But hey, I guess we can uh, we can podcast during a pandemic. Sure can. Yeah, it, it it's been a while if you haven't noticed.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> hello everyone, welcome. This is yeah. Layer by Layer, a cubing podcast, the show ostensibly about Rubik's Cube speed cubing and occasionally slash often about other things. It's February tenth, twenty twenty one, and we haven't recorded an episode in like three months. Actually, it might be exactly three months. I think the last one was recorded on October tenth, possibly.
1: That'd be four months ago, wouldn't it? Really? Does
0: time move that
1: fast? Is that illegal? Pretty... I mean, I'm just pretty sure October is four months ago.
0: (laughs) Monday, October 5th was our last one.
1: Yeah, so more than four months ago. Wow. Well, we're back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're trying this again for better or worse. We've been really busy recently, and uh, also just cubing content to talk about is pretty sparse.
0: Yeah, it's like... If you, if you listen to our back episodes, a lot of what we're talking about is things we're doing at competitions and discussions that have come up at competitions and like, you know, talking about other competitions that are happening and some competitions are starting to happen again, like in Australia, but there's still not that much to talk about from those and we weren't at any of them. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's been difficult to really keep a lot of good content going. So we're back, but probably not in the regularity that you would expect us to be at. Which is not very regular, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I I definitely wouldn't expect to see like, you know, the one to two episodes a month pace that we were on up until we started taking a break in October.
0: Yeah, I I would say like we we both agree that we want to keep the show alive. It's just that we feel like there's not that much to talk about right now. So we're going to take more time in between episodes to save up stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah, for sure. Welcome back, everybody, though. (laughs) (laughs) You could discuss this show on Reddit, which has a a URL.
0: Oh, oh, I forgot about this. This is great. This is my favorite part of the show.
1: (laughs) Well, why don't you tell everyone what that URL is, Andrew? Oh, I would love to.
0: So a URL, uh, it stands for (laughs) Uniform Resource Locator. You see, this is... A uh, It's one of the key concepts of the web. It's the mechanism used by browsers to retrieve any published resource on the web. It's nothing more than the address of a given unique resource on the web. In theory, each valid URL points to a unique resource. Such resources can be an HTML page, a CSS document, an image, etc. In practice, there are some exceptions, the most common being a URL pointing to a resource that no longer exists or that has moved. Is this, wait, is this what you meant when you asked me to explain the URL?
1: Yeah, no, that's perfect. I think that um, I think people will be able to discuss the show on that URL you just <laughs> described to us.
0: Yeah, I'm getting this from developer.mozilla.org, by the way. That's where you can discuss the
1: show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. My, my favorite. Every, everyone go there and, I don't know, find their GitHub and just actually discuss the show there. Sounds like fun. <laughs> um, We are also on speed solving, which might be a more conventional way to uh, discuss the show, but depending on your usage of speed solving, we'll see. (laughs) And our logo was made by Sarah Olson. Yes, it was indeed. Should we try this podcast thing now? I'm ready. All right, let's go. I just played the sound in my head. Does that mean I should start talking? (laughs) Yeah, maybe... (laughs)
0: uh okay hello follow-up this is what we do first on the show
1: oh right yeah follow-up nice and
0: for and for some reason this is considered follow-up even though we're not following up on anything uh (laughs) there was a clock world record kit incredible somebody set the world record for the fastest the the most inaccurate clock somebody (laughs) set their clock to 13.8 billion years ago and that's as inaccurate as you can possibly get in the universe because we don't even know if time existed before then. Um, so that's a new world record. Someone might have also solved a puzzle quickly or something. Why don't you tell me about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yunhao Lao, I believe, was the one who said it. Uh, it was the first sub four uh, clock average, which is uh, ridiculous yeah. <laughs> given that the single uh, is, you know. I mean, it's been sub four for a while, but um, you know the the, the what is the, what is the difference between single and average now? Uh, three point two nine versus three point eight six. Yeah, that's absurd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the 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 fact that we have that good of a clock world record, uh, currently is, I mean, it kind of gives me the feeling that single is like just waiting to be broken.
0: I'm not sure because it feels to me like clock is kind of the um. It's, like, the most consistent event,
1: I would say. Probably, yeah.
0: Because the whole thing is commutative, and, like, you just do the exact same solving method every time. And it's not, like, it's not like magic where you have no decisions to make during the solve, but...
1: Yeah, but th- there definitely come, like, eight or nine move scrambles every once in a while that, like... Okay. Are just that much faster than the typical scramble.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: So, I, mean, I I was yeah.
0: thinking, like, maybe it still takes a similar amount of time because, like, the process is still kind of the same.
1: Although, I guess if you're skipping enough moves it'll definitely be faster
0: yeah that makes sense
1: and my guess is that you and just hasn't uh had a scramble where you skip that many moves <laughs> but yeah so that's
0: that's a pretty cool thing actually um that is quite an impressive average
1: <laughs> yeah so nice job to china for being able to have comps and bring us a world record in the <laughs> lengthy time we were not recording
0: yeah, I guess we can talk about other like cool solves and stuff that have happened in competitions. Uh, just recently, Felix got his eighth sub eight one handed solve, and that's it's cool that he has eight of them. That's more than anyone else.
1: It's more than uh, I have two handed. Is it? I've I, never oh, had a sub eight. Yeah, I guess guess that makes sense <laughs> because I haven't either in competition at least. Uh, <laughs> Oops, I don't okay. think I've even ever sub had a sub eight at home. So oh really? No. I'm yeah, so
0: sorry for your loss. Um, I'm pretty feel sure being inferior to Felix. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> does does how, many, how many people, other people even have multiple sub eight solves?
0: I don't know. Let's find out. So there are 15 people who have sub eight solves at all. Okay. There are three people who have sub seven.
1: Yeah. Patrick Ponce has four. Um, okay. That's good. Does Keon
0: have multiple?
1: Wouldn't surprise me. No, actually, he doesn't.
0: Hm, okay.
1: Uh, T. Kai Yang has two. I've never heard of that person before, but T. Kai Yang has two. Oh, well, apparently they're fast. <laughs> 7.87 and 7.94, so that counts. Yeah. I think that might be the list, though. Yeah, interesting, you can, uh, fi- <laughs> it, like, I definitely expect Felix and Patrick is definitely, po- oh, Max, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I was I I like mentally like saw Max multiple times already like so early I didn't even mention it. Yeah, uh, he has he two sub sevens. He does. Yeah. Does anyone else have two
0: sub sevens? Definitely not. No, I guess the only other candidates would be the two other people
1: who have sub sevens. So yeah, there's there's, <laughs> on, there's only four sub sevens ever. Yeah. So yeah. And I think Max in total sub eights is six. Yeah, six of them. So so yeah that's cool
0: i guess max actually like he's actually had three sub sevens one of them oh the one (laughs) one move miss scramble
1: yeah that that is true yeah that was an unfortunate solve (laughs) that was justice that max still got it in the the end but yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so that's 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 that
0: those are some good results from fast people i didn't realize there were so many people who had sub eights at this
1: point though actually yeah, 31 different results that are sub-8. Well,
0: let's move into the main topics of the show. I've got one for you.
1: Uh-oh. What's the main topics of this show? Cake. Oh, right. So. Yeah, you know, we were meaning to talk about this, like, for a yeah. few episodes. Now, and just never got around to it. It's
0: good to finally get to it. So, um, this is actually, uh, what what is ice cream cake to you? Delicious. But aside from that like how do you make an ice cream cake? What what is it composed of?
1: Oh jeez, I don't know. Um cake and ice cream. Okay. See, <laughs> this is that's what I think
0: too. But apparently this is controversial. Apparently, according to some people, ice cream cake doesn't have any cake in it.
1: It's just like creamy filling like cheesecake almost.
0: No, it's just ice cream in the shape of a cake and like decorated like a cake
1: that sounds weird i mean i've always thought of ice cream cakes as to be like cake that is like filled with like an ice cream based fill yeah filling yeah
0: Yeah. Or or like just like a layer of ice cream in some cake instead of like frosting or whatever um yeah 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 that was what i always thought it was too but apparently this is a controversial thing and some people think that ice cream cake shouldn't have cake in it
1: that's weird isn't it that's just not even a cake (laughs)
0: <laughs> well like, that's why we have this segment to clear these things up uh, like
1: cold stone even sells like ice cream cakes and they're they're mostly cake
0: okay but, but i think i think it's dairy queen they sell ice cream cakes that are just ice cream at least something they, like
1: this are they soft serve like that that no, it's just it's you like bring, you just you bring that out of the freezer and it just falls apart immediately like yeah <laughs> why would you do that
0: i i, I don't know it seems yeah. strange doesn't it i'm glad I, you're on the right side of
1: this why would you even put ice cream in the shape of a cake i mean like if you buy like you know how like there are like round containers of ice cream mm-hmm. like cylindrical ones is yeah, that an I- that I- is that <laughs> an ice cream cake <laughs> like... i guess so just dump it out and then uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go put i don't know put some sprinkles on it right uh or, or like, what do you decorate a cake with? I don't know. Put write "Happy Birthday" on it. Uh.
1: <laughs> Gets open the top, get some icing, and just write "Happy Birthday" right on yeah. the top of the ice cream in the <laughs> carton. There you go, yep. ice and then cream put it cake. back in the carton yeah. <laughs> for for storage <laughs> yeah. for safekeeping. That's right. It's uh, just it's just an ice cream cake holder. Yeah,
0: that that's like the the top of the platter.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. People are weird. I don't. I don't like. I don't like this. I don't like the world I'm currently living in <laughs> because of the ice cream cake. Thing. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So, um, last episode we held a title guessing contest. Yeah, and we're here to talk about the results. So, from what I what I understand, uh, you're the one who has access to the data on this. We had three people participate?
1: Yeah, three people. (laughs) And and to be fair, like, you know, it's a 67-question survey. Yeah, yeah. Like, many of you might have started it and then been like, oh, boy, I (laughs) what did I get myself into? Um, But three of you were were dedicated and went through the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Do we have a winner to announce? We do. Um, Of the 27 alternative titles... uh, sorry 67 alternative titles there was one person who got 27 right and that was natalia congratulations so you you won the alternative title contest what does natalia win uh a congratulation an lb can we give an lb for that (laughs) all right here we're gonna start the 2021 uh lb's uh (laughs) 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 and the only winner of an lb this year is natalia (laughs) congratulations (laughs) you've won
0: an elbow Um, the the survey is going to still be open in case anyone else wants to do it maybe they've been inspired by knowing that they only have to get 27 right to win so yeah that'll still be there but for now that's our winner
1: Yeah, 27 still very impressive it is I feel like to beat 27 you have to re-listen to quite a few episodes
0: yeah, definitely. Not there's familiar. there's a, there's a few that are like gimmies from recent episodes. Although by recent I mean four months ago now at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, that's still a lot of correct answers for older episodes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you want to try, give it a, give it a whirl. It's uh, definitely fun. I think. Yeah, it was fun to make it yeah going back through our message
0: history and finding all of the old title suggestions
1: i have no experience with taking the the uh quiz and the but (laughs) making it was fun (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) let's talk about some actual cubing so a thing that's been going on recently is some multi-blind unofficial stuff so graham siggins and roe hessler have both been doing unofficial attempts in various capacities and recently, they both got an unofficial sixty-point attempt, like you know, following the normal, the normal uh, timing rules and everything.
1: Yeah, which is it. It took so long too, because like, uh, I, I, they've been on fifty-nine points for the world best, right, for a while. Um, yeah. Like Graham got that sixty out of sixty-one. I think it was like nine months ago, and mm-hmm. but it, it's it, it's like. I don't know, it's I, I think for both of them like sixty points has just been like this massive uh block yeah um
0: and, and, it, and interestingly, like the world record is 59 out of sixty, like the official world record, so it's right. like how hard is it to improve that by like a couple cubes but yeah. apparently pretty hard
1: yeah it's it, I think it's just the accuracy because Roe had been doing like um like because he got sixty out of sixty like for his first 60 mm-hmm. point attempt, but he had been doing larger attempts than sixty. Uh, and was just not having, like, was able to do them mostly in time, just the accuracy wasn't there.
0: Yeah. And, and Graham's result was 62 out of
1: 64. So. Yeah. So, uh, it, I def there's definitely room to go up, uh, in, in terms of both cubes and accuracy from what it seems according to the yeah. two of them. It's and like, just-
0: at, su- at some point someone's going to get like a really accurate solve, right? Like, right. like just by, by random, random luck to some extent. Yeah. Uh. I mean, obviously, there's no luck involved, but or very little luck involved, but it, it's still kind of happened. It's a probabilistic thing still, you know, the way the brain works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, sure. Um, but the, the more ridiculous uh, multi-blind result recently was Graham's 200-cube uh, <laughs> attempt stream, which I think happened over a span of six hours or so, <laughs> um, and got 189 of them solved that's so many yeah i like (laughs) like that's such good accuracy for 200 (laughs) yeah that's i mean granted you know it's uh it's like roughly three times as many cubes for like six times as much time but i don't know it, it seems kind of incredible too that graham seems to feel like his like he didn't really experience as big of like a capacity issue as he thought he might which just continues to show how ridiculous uh the old multi-blind rules were
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean there was there was no time limit before right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's like yeah you could (laughs) live i mean the time limit was 10 minutes per cube which is right like more than enough time per cube
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you can there's is there anything was there anything stopping you from like starting a like 200 cube attempt no with no intention of actually solving any of them just to waste the competition time
1: I mean, I <laughs> there are other ways around that sort of motivation, but there was no nothing stopping anyone from doing a serious 200 cube attempt, provided they had time and space yeah. to do it.
0: It's just like the concept of, like, we're going to have an event with no time limit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, fun, the funny thing is, like, after the stream, Graham was like, yeah, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to do larger attempts in this, I have to start, like, planning in, like, meal breaks. <laughs> like yeah that's true um like anything significantly larger than 200 he has to start thinking about like you know like eating maybe sleeping at some point <laughs> uh so <laughs> um i mean obviously sleeping i don't think it would be an issue until you start to like eclipse like 500 cubes or something but uh
0: <laughs> that, that would be interesting though how sleeping affects your memo do you th- like it's possible that you know how like you're sometimes you like learn something before you go to bed or like practice something before you go to bed and then you'll wake up and just be like better at it has that do you ever i thought you were gonna gonna
1: say you're gonna go to sleep and then like you're like oh crap what did i just learn
0: that happens too (laughs) but but sometimes i found that like i'll learn something right before bed and then it's like my brain was practicing it overnight or something and i wake up and i'm better at it Mm, i don't know
1: your brain your brain has very productive dreams i guess (laughs) it does
0: Um. (laughs) um yeah no i like i've definitely found that for some things uh it's not everything but i could imagine something like that happening like if you're so immersed in the in the multi-blind that you dream of your multi attempt and like locks it in your memory
1: yeah potentially and maybe if you're focusing on your mem like you might literally like dream something in your current room with like your (laughs) random crap there (laughs) (laughs) uh that would be weird if you like tried to do, I mean, it, it almost makes me want to try like doing a a, a sleep separated multi-blind attempt where like you just do, get a bunch of cubes, memorize them before you go to bed, mm-hmm. go to sleep and then see, and then like just no, no review, start and see what happens.
0: Yeah. So my problem with that is like, it takes me a while to fall asleep usually. Mm-hmm. So like there would be a long gap of me being awake, but not thinking about them. Right. And like that would be kind of awkward (laughs) because so really for me, like even if my brain is doing stuff while I'm asleep, there would still be that gap of like being awake where I'm not thinking about it, which would be problematic. So I don't know how that would work. I have done I've done a year delay blind solve. Mm -hmm. So I have some experience with memoing and then sleeping for a year.
1: (laughs) Sleeping for a year. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you did that in 2019, right?
0: Uh no I think I did it even earlier than that. I oh really? When
1: exactly though? Oh,
0: I was considering doing one this year. Maybe I might still
1: memo one. Well, just do a Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah maybe. <laughs> you're delayed <laughs> blind. Yeah, I guess you weren't making videos in 2019. I just remember a lot of people doing it in the past couple of years.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't I haven't kept up with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like I started it five years ago. Wow. So I finished it four years ago. <laughs> oh okay, that is a while ago <laughs> yeah i think i was like the second person in the world to do it or something hmm. uh not, it's not like a particularly hard
1: thing to do to, but <laughs> yeah it does did, take a year <laughs> yeah did you have to like review like obviously i assume you didn't like write down your memo everywhere but did you have like a weekly double check of your memo or something
0: yeah pretty much okay. uh i just go over it like at first, I just went over it every time I took a shower was my was like my way of remembering to do it. And then after a while, I was just like, ah, oh, it's locked in there. I'm not going to forget this. And I just kind of stopped thinking about it until I had to do the solve.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it seems to me like it's turning into like act like actual, like more traditional learning where like you're yeah, it you're you're not memorizing something. You're uh, actually like ingraining that knowledge in, in, in where to the point like you don't have to take effort to remember it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Although,
0: interestingly, I don't remember most of my memo at this point.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I think also, like, things that we do learn more, like, that are more ingrained, like, do get weaker over time if you don't use them.
0: Yeah, but it's like, I spent so much time just thinking about this one string of, like, <laughs> words, basically.
1: Yeah. I, I would, I feel like
0: I should have that. Like, I still. Like, I certainly spent less time on this than I did, or I spent more time thinking about this solve than I did, like, memorizing the digits of pi in, like, third grade or something. But I still remember a lot of those, <laughs> more of those than I do of this memo. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure why why in particular, like, I, I actually have I have a better, like, feeling of what the memo was than any of the actual images. Like, I remember the feeling of walking through those, the rooms um the feeling
1: of walking through the rooms yeah no it's
0: it's weird because like so i i use like a room method for the memo yeah um which normally i wouldn't have to do for three by three but i was like gonna be super careful and i was like all right i'm just gonna put all of these things into different rooms i think at least which is weird now that i think about it because it's like what did i do do i do a different room for every letter pair or something because that just seems inefficient um
1: yeah but inefficiency isn't an issue with this kind of attempt (laughs) But. Yeah, but it's 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 still weird cuz like I don't know I don't know what I don't
0: I guess I don't remember really even like the structure of what my memo was. <laughs> I feel it feels like I used like a bunch of different rooms, but Yeah. I mean, do you And you, I remember like walking when, through them and seeing things, but I don't remember what any of those things are, but it definitely had a different feel from the way I do like multi-blind memo now cuz I practiced it a lot more at this point.
1: When you did the solve did you actually walk through the rooms or did like the memo get so ingrained in you that it wasn't like, I mean it was still tied to the rooms, but you could recall it without actually using the context of rooms.
0: I think there was like a few specific images that were still tied strongly to the rooms Mm -hmm. because, and those are the ones that I still feel like, even though I don't remember what the images are, I can like remember where they are in the room exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those were the things that for, for whatever reason I, like I maybe I should like use this as something that I can keep in mind in the future it's like these parts of my rooms are the most evocative for me or something Hmm. but like I remember one location in particular was like in my high school band room there's like a back room and there was a whiteboard on the wall and one of the images I used was something drawn on that whiteboard Uh and I remember like looking at that and that being how I remembered it yeah, and that's by that's by far the strongest image I have still from that.
1: Yeah, that's going to be one of the most obviously like recallable things.
0: Yeah. But other than that, I don't remember what was on it. Maybe it was a B. I don't know. I, I, in the, in my video I made about this, I like walked through my memo so I could actually go look at it and remember it if I wanted to.
1: Oh, OK. Well, that's convenient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's 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 an interesting thing. Why are we talking about this? Oh, right, Memory stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. I mean, and in terms of like education and like how people learn, like mm-hmm. there's so, like, it, it it's, uh, it makes me think a, bit, a lot about like how, you know, so many people take tests for short term, like, I mean, they use like long term memorization sort of techniques. And, but like long term is like, you know, so that you can remember it tomorrow. Yeah. And not so you actually, have that knowledge ingrained.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've never actually like studied for a test where I memorized something for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done it for like if it were like a like for foreign language sort of classes.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Like for, like if it's like vocab words, like stuff that it's just like I have to memorize this crap. Uh and like it's there's too much to mem- like memorize right now that like mm-hmm. i I can't ingrain all of this in a short period of time and i just need to memorize it um but it's like are you accomplishing any meaningful goal when you do that yeah not
0: really unless you're planning to eventually like reference that information that you've memorized and put it into like more useful practice right right yeah and i guess like part of it is i've avoided classes where that is like a necessity like in general i haven't taken that many language classes i feel like I feel like classes aren't really the right setting to learn languages in the first place. Uh, Right. Yeah. And like I haven't taken and I've taken like physics classes, which is the most like that's the type of, you know, the natural sciences that comes the most naturally to me in terms of like I get it through practicing it, not through Mm -hmm. memorizing stuff. So I haven't taken like I don't know what is it like in chemistry you have to memorize a lot of chemical formulas and stuff or something like that.
1: Yeah, and like there's like like I'm I'm not a chemistry person, but from what I remember at least of my high school chemistry class you had to memorize like a lot of rules for like how uh different chemical reactions would occur.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so I've I've avoided doing stuff like that cause, because I've heard like I don't I don't like that kind of learning. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's part of why I haven't had to do this that much, but Mm -hmm. but yeah, it is interesting that like, it's definitely a useful skill to know how to memorize something. Yeah. Like just like for like learning people's names and stuff, like there are those people who can, you know, just like look at someone's face and then like come up with sort of an association of a word with their face features that like reminds them of their name or something. Right. Um, I think that's a really actually like useful skill to have. It, that would be something worth developing but I, I have like applied my my knowledge of like how to memorize a rubik's cube and like used it to memorize things that i need to memorize for a short term
1: right but yeah it's definitely it, it, it like because even when you had to memorize it for an entire year it's not even something that was ingrained with you like it's not these yeah. are not like techniques meant for learning they're meant for regurgitating
0: yeah it, it's it's like the way you actually learn something is by using it yeah most exactly of the time yeah so like Yeah. If if I've done if I've done one math problem using some concept, I'll remember that concept for a lot longer than if I drill that concept into my head.
1: Yeah. And Uh, math, I think, is definitely a concept too, where like or a a sort of field of study where like if you have someone who's not teaching it well, you end up teaching it to like have them just memorize like procedures mm -hmm. that don't are not tied to any meaning. But, like, if, you're in a, if you have, like, a good math teacher that actually, like, explains what is going on and, like, goes from sort of, like, certain, like, best, like, like actual reasoning and justification and things like that, um, that's when I think, like, you're actually learning math and not just regurgitating a certain procedure. Yeah, and I think that creates, you know, a big divide between, you know, the, the self-proclaimed math people and non-math people, too uh yeah do you do you own the 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 stuff you've learned or is it just something you're regurgitating
0: yeah i I think there's like that's a big difference in how people approach math as well like whenever i learn something in math if i don't understand the reasoning that gets me to somewhere i'll try to figure it out Mm -hmm. like i'll ask about it i'll try to figure out what how yeah how some result came to be Well, and and sometimes that's like the answer to that question is something that I can't understand, but it's like, I I just have to know there's a reasoning out there and like get a general sense of how it works. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, fine. I'll memorize this one thing and just understand that like, this is beyond me at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think to some extent, that's why like, uh, I mean, I know I I still remember a lot of like very basic calculus concepts, but like I, whenever I have to do like integration by parts, I always have to remind myself. How that goes? Uh, it's like yeah, I definitely I mean, don't understand uh, why that works. Uh, as someone who does t- statistics, it's just when I deal <laughs> with the theory sort of things, and I need to show someone a proof that uses integration by parts, I just kind of go like, <sighs> "Okay, how do I do that again?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a lot. I feel like there's a lot of calculus sorts of concepts like that that I definitely never really fully learned because I never really it was like it was challenging enough to just remember what i was doing let alone like Mm -hmm. get into the why that works
0: yeah i I think calculus is even like for me i also even though i like calculus and i'm good at calculus uh there's still parts of it that are like i don't really understand
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, and like i've taken a real analysis class and i still don't understand a lot of the things but hey you know Uh, it's not not my area of concern.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing uh, math research re- recently. Oh. Uh, I've got got a job as a research assistant.
1: Nice. What are you researching?
0: It's a computational geometry. Um, oh, cool. Subject about square contact representations of graphs.
1: Nice. So, is yeah, that that's is that cool. is that anything like a Cayley graph?
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Oh, so. okay. I don't know, i'm just it, it, if we're talking about graph representations that's like well, yeah one the more, how do you spell that uh c-a-y-l-e-y i believe
0: i guess it's related because in the sense that a kv graph is the same type of graph that i'm talking about uh
1: yeah it, it's i guess i guess you're not doing anything necessarily related to a group that's kind of more what i th- i've been thinking about in terms of i don't know i th- i don't mind me. I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, no, it's
0: it's not it's not not really related to group theory at all. Uh other than, you know, in the sense that
1: like most math is related to group theory because Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I realized why I thought of Cayley graph at first because like there are geometric like the, like there are groups that are geometrically represented and you can represent those. You know, screw this. We we we're, we're way off course here. Uh <laughs> like <laughs> but
0: yeah no i i haven't i've just been i've been in like one very specific corner of contact representations and like i could tell you all this stuff about them but it wouldn't be particularly
1: interesting i I mean i said uh, in any research sort of field that's just how like when you're at that high of a level like doing like you know university level research like you know so much about your narrow little context field and it's like people think like oh you must know things that are like you know, two centimeters away from your, uh, (laughs) specialty area. And you're like, no, no clue what that is.
0: Yeah. And like, especially for me, because like I got into this because I had a professor from a couple semesters ago who, um, who asked me to do this with him. And like, I don't know, like a lot of the stuff that I'm using right now. So I'm like learning the, the tools that I'm using for this specific area of research. Mm hmm. And it's like I don't have the best background on it as a whole. So it's like I know what my goal is and I'm like good enough at math to figure out how to get there and like figure out some techniques and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the actual theory around it, even just like the basic stuff, it'll, you'll like say a word from graph theory and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have to look up what that means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And yeah, so
1: <laughs> but it's been fun. It's, it's good. It's going well. But in summary, those were really cool multi-blind results. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh how do we podcast hey this is what you got to do when there's not that much cubing stuff <laughs> going on just tangent um, onto memory things and learning and research and oh yeah multi-blind that's what we were talking about <laughs> clearly multi-blind is the most intellectual uh wca event because uh Clearly you could just go on intellectual discussions about multiple. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> I have a rant. Can I go on a rant? Please. I don't, this is something that has been going on since I've been part of cubing, but I feel like it might've gotten worse recently. Okay. For first of all, just people posting stuff about unsolvable cubes is pretty annoying. Like, Sure. Yeah. Like, pointing out that a movie or something has a picture of a cube that's unsolvable I don't know that's not that bad though at least it's kind of like uh, haha they didn't like model this on a real cube
1: yeah it's, it's. It, I think it's like if you're new to cubing you start to pay attention to those things and it's like really interesting to you the first few times you notice it yeah Um. but then like <laughs> after you notice it the first couple of times you're just like clearly nobody thinks about this it's not interesting to me anymore
0: yeah and it's also it's like it's not like they're dumb for not knowing that, right? right. Like it's, it's they're, they're just like I want to represent a Rubik's cube, so I'm going to do a picture that people associate with a Rubik's cube, uh,
1: right? And it accomplishes the goal with only uh, us to notice that it's weird. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, sometimes I like those posts though. When it's like particularly egregious, like like if they get like ten things wrong, then it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but the, the the main thing I wanted to talk about. Was people posting of pictures of cubes with the quote unquote wrong color scheme? Yeah, and that is much more annoying to me because it's like they'll post a picture of a cube and it's like this is a solvable puzzle, uh, right? Like it's, it's like that's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's crazy to me too because like I think the the idea of like a correct color scheme has only been like a really strong concept since stickerless cubes have been legal. I mean, and there's all there's always been, like, you know, the more normative color scheme, you know, throughout cubing. Well,
0: yeah, but- I mean, there's there's always been, like, the sense that, like, you know, when you're solving a 4 by 4 or whatever and you're watching the tutorial, they'll be like, all right, now make sure you get your color scheme right at uh, mm-hmm. this step. And it's like, if you have a normal color scheme, you can memorize that as, like, oh, they, then it cl- clockwise it goes red, white, blue or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there always has been an idea of, like, a normal color scheme, but you're right that it hasn't that it hasn't been as standardized as it is now
1: yeah because i i mean i feel like there are so many people who would you know use purple sides or pink sides or um you know black sides more regularly um before yeah although i feel like that's
0: not that's not the sort of thing that people typically like will post something about though because like sure. that's an obvious choice sure um, sure on um. Pe- people will post like oh look at this it's got a white yellow edge
1: uh yeah I I just think that there were enough people using like you know, especially in the days where like you know it was all DIY cubes and you had to sticker it yourself anyways, um, like I feel like there were more um, people with weird color schemes relatively when I started in like oh eight oh nine and maybe I'm biased because I have a weird color scheme. I feel like that was more common and like while there was like a normal color scheme, it wasn't like seen as like this. This is the correct color scheme. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's what that's what I don't like is the idea that there is such thing as a wrong color scheme. Right,
1: right. Uh, like, there's a normative one, but there's not a wrong or inc- correct or incorrect one.
0: Yeah, and if you, yeah, there's a. It's, there's a big difference between pointing out that there, there's an unsolvable cube in something and just like a non-standard cube. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Just I, the fact that like, <laughs> it, it's it's like the fact that they um got like a cube that like say like you find something in art in a movie or like a drawing that has a cube in it and they got it right to the point where like it is solvable it's just the colors are not where you would expect them to be like i'm sorry but like we it's already expecting a lot out of people if in art <laughs> and movies to get something that is solvable like do you also expect them to know the exact like arrangement of colors that would be on a solved cube like
0: yeah and, and i guess to some extent this is like this is an artifact of just like anytime you have a niche hobby you're gonna get stuff like this and this is kind of the point of having specific places where we can discuss cubing is that we can you know talk about things on this level where we understand that this cube is unsolvable mm-hmm. uh, and it's like there's no one else we can talk to about this right right um so like that's this is this is the whole reason for there being places to talk about cubing mm-hmm. or at least to some extent so i don't that's why i don't mind the the talk about unsolvable cubes yeah, I don't know. Like like that that exists in all sorts of hobbies. Like I was uh watching a chess streamer recently who was they were like the only thing I didn't like about the queen's gambit is that like people kept offering a draw when they were clearly losing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He was like that's so disrespectful. <laughs> um That's funny. And that that's yeah. But yeah, that's just like it's a that's that's a thing that happens, and when you when you have group discussions around a hobby, yeah. Um, But when but when those people then get get it wrong themselves, and they like say that this cube is wrong when there's nothing wrong about it. Oh yeah, that's the worst. That's so bad. Yeah, that's the worst.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's really funny to me. Uh, There's a there's a someone I follow on Instagram, uh, cubes underscore art, um, who basically does like really cool um, like patterns on cubes. They, they they have a color scheme for like making really interesting patterns called the fire and ice scheme so they put white blue and green around one corner and then uh yellow orange and red around another corner so like all the warm oh. and cool colors are together yeah but it, it the way it's set up yellow and white are together or like are adjacent red and orange are adjacent and blue and green are adjacent yeah that makes sense <laughs> uh so um it triggers a lot of people whatever he posts that looks cool uh, yeah it looks really cool like a lot of the patterns that you can make with that arrangement look really really cool um but like he, he uses this arrangement of the cube where like um you do uh, a four like you do a, a four spot on the centers Mm-hmm. and then like switch uh an edge bring one of the edges out so that you can literally see all three uh adjacent colors that are usually opposite <laughs> on two faces alone yeah um <laughs> <laughs> and like that is the one picture that just is like to anyone who sees it, it's like yep that is disgusting
0: i'm trying to look for for an example of that uh but i am seeing their posts of pictures with these cubes i really like how the the, the view of the cube with a uh, white blue and green looks mm-hmm. all visible together that looks so good i should i might do that <laughs> yeah so there you learn all of my recognition <laughs> if
1: you're looking at cubes underscore arts instagram right now the picture i'm talking about um is from january 12th okay yes i see it <laughs> yeah <laughs> very aesthetic <laughs> i don't
0: think it looks bad <laughs> no nah. Actually, I'm not sure that like if I just glanced at that, I wouldn't know if I would say anything was wrong with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, the red orange to me, because right and orange, at least for me, on even on my color scheme, red and orange are opposite. That looks kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that does that does look strange. It looks especially strange in this picture, I think, because just like the the way the colors are in this picture, the red and the orange actually look similar, especially when it's small. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just looks like a solid color in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm really liking how the green and the blue look next to each other,
1: yeah, I mean that's what my cubes all look like, man <laughs> that's great <laughs> isn't it? I think it's great, but yeah, I, I guess uh shout out to cubes underscore art um for uh th- your cool patterns on instagram um, yeah, for sure I, I the funny thing is i like I met him because um. I believe it was his uh, wife was coming to Portland State for like a research grant in my department, and oh, yeah. and like the people at Portland State that like I know were like, "Hey, this guy who likes cubes is coming here. You should like meet up <laughs> and talk with him." And it was, it was pretty fun. Cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I guess like um. This guy's like definitely not like in the in the realm of like speed cubing very much and is more just kind of like 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 uh, publishes papers sort of like about the Rubik's cube hmm. and uh is like very interested in like patterns and things of that nature so it was kind of cool to like you know like see like the, like a kind of a unique perspective on cubing
0: it is yeah yeah
1: and also kind of they like have a give a lot the, of good puzzle yeah and and it, it was cool cuz like I, we were um they use a lot of commutators basically to set up their uh patterns
0: Mm -hmm. that makes sense
1: and uh because i you know i do fmc so i use a lot of like very efficient commutators um like i was showing them like some of the ones that i would use for setting things up and they were like oh wow yeah wait that's a great like why don't i think of that yeah they
0: should learn uh like they should learn like how to do big blind and then they'll be really fast at setting these things up yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would definitely do it yeah their color scheme is not wrong you're wrong so in our lengthy time off we actually did get an email from one of our viewers which was actually five days ago so still relevant this was from uh ed connell and ed wanted to bring up the idea of um qualification times coming up at major championships now and apparently worlds uh in 2021 in the netherlands assuming it does go through um is going to use a 30-second uh, average uh, qualification time. This is an interesting decision in that, like, uh, no Worlds, at least, has used a qualification time like this before. Nat's used it for a couple years, I think. But, um, you know, historically at Worlds, you just needed to at least um, have any results. At least that was the case in 17 and 19, that you just needed to have competed in 3 by 3 before somewhere. Um, so that they at least had no new competitors <laughs> and uh yes yeah, it, 30 seems to approach some point where like it's starting to exclude people who have potentially been part of the community for a long time so what do you think about that andrew so for
0: me personally this this comes down to an important distinction that will become more important as people get better and as more people cube mm-hmm which is the distinction between, like, a competition where you compete and a competition where you hang out. Yeah. Because setting a qualification time doesn't preclude anyone from going to Worlds and hanging out with others. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you were competing, you would spend what? Like, especially if you're above that 30-second time limit, you're not competing in too many events, you're not making too many second rounds, you're going to spend a very small percentage of your time actually competing, right? So... My question is, like, how different is the experience if you just go to Worlds and hang out versus at going to Worlds and competing? So so for me, this feels like it's a logistical thing where it's like we need to set some kind of limits that, like, the people who actually are faster get a chance to compete at the higher level. And it doesn't really stop anyone from just going to Worlds. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That That's my feeling on it. It doesn't seem like it's, it's really being any more exclusive than it has been in the past because what you're excluding people from is not the part that like somebody at that speed sh- probably would be going to the competition for.
1: Yeah. So here's my take on this. I, I think you, d- you bring up a lot of good points that like, you know, for sure you don't need to really compete to at least get the main experience out of worlds that you're looking for. But one thing to me is that what is sub 30 really doing as a cutoff for, or a qualification time? Like, you know, how many how many people are you going to exclude from competing at Worlds that would have competed if there were just if you use like the you have to at least compete before at some point because I can tell you that like I think it was Nats Nats twenty seventeen had the first cutoff time for three by three at forty seconds and then we did thirty seconds in twenty eighteen okay uh, and when we were looking through it like there's so few people. That we would th- we realize we were even potentially excluding, and there's a few reasons for that. One, if people are really looking to compete in many events in the first place, and they're not like that fast at them, for example, um, you're yeah. not going to. Mo- there's very few people who are going to go out of their way to go to nationals or worlds to do that. So, like, yes, I agree with the whole idea of like you know sure make more time, but like I, I can't imagine that like cutting off the people who are you know, have competed before, but don't have a sub 30 average is saving more than like five minutes. Like there might be like maybe 15, call it like there's a whole extra group you have to do at Worst case, like, is this worth 15 minutes of scheduling time? Probably not.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It looks like there's about 100 people at Worlds 2019 who this would have cut out.
1: And 100 people, they could have, because they had, you know, four different areas where they probably called up 20 to 25 people.
0: hmm Yeah. So that's like one, one group.
1: Yeah, it's basically one group, which would have been 15 to 20 minutes of scheduling time. Is that really worth saving so that, you know, you that we make, you know, some of the long time members of the community upset? I'd say no.
0: That's a, yeah, that, that's definitely fair. I guess I wasn't thinking about this in the context of a 30-second time limit. hmm I think it would make more sense to set a stricter time limit. Yes, on it, and that, that was going
1: to be my point: is that like if you're going to make an exclusive world championships, go all the way. Like, yeah, this in between crap is just not worth like the time that you're saving. If you are going to generally allow most people to compete, like, what's the what's the point in excluding people who are you know not 30 seconds in three by three?
0: Yeah, like, that's good.
1: Make it 15. Like, <laughs> do something that really. Excludes people if you're really trying to make it like a highly competitive event, or even make it like ten, like.
0: And I think that's not something we necessarily have to do yet, but like, no. there will come a point when that makes sense to do. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point we will need to start reframing, the what the competition is a little bit. Yeah, as, I agree. Like competition plus community event.
1: You know, I I think that the it, there it makes. It makes a lot of sense long term to consider like having major competitions even be almost like an invite system where like it's not even a time you set. It's just like for like, you know, U.S. nationals, like you if you are one of the top 100 ranked competitors like in the U.S., for example, mm-hmm. you qualify. Yeah. that And and then you can you could compete in that event. Because it 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 just it becomes at some point like um like are you you can either make the event like welcoming and open to everyone to compete or you can make the event exclusive to those who are really good at those events and it becomes more of a spectator community based event where you're there not to compete but to actually watch the event go go on.
0: Yeah, I I think I would agree that thirty seconds is an awkward in between that doesn't really work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing to me. Like I um I, I also love how inclusive speedcubing is. Um but at the same time, like it, it's inclusivity can only last as long as there's time and space for everyone to be part of that major event.
0: Yeah, at least in inclusivity in the sense of like, you know, skill-based. <laughs> R- yes. Obviously. And,
1: uh, yeah, of course. Um and right now, that's very possible. Like, I don't think there's any reason we can't be an inclusive community, like, given what we can do at a Worlds-level competition. Um, I just don't think that long-term, if we keep growing at the rate we are, sans COVID, that that's going (laughs) to last forever. I I, I think that if this, it it seems like this will happen for Worlds 2021, but my guess is that this won't, (laughs) we're probably going to back off of that in the future, just because there's no need to be cutting off, you know, the small number of cubers Uh, just to say we save 15 maybe 30 minutes at best
0: yep that makes sense
1: yeah so my takes probably a little bit different than the takes people had uh on that reddit thread that ed uh mentioned but um i just also think like it's either go all the way or don't do it at all
0: yep that's pretty much my thoughts exactly and yeah i agree at this point we don't need to go all the way (laughs) no Uh, i I don't know it still could be cool like Mm -hmm. i still like i don't like ed mentioned the red bull uh competitions Mm -hmm. and i still i don't really like those that much as a format um i would much prefer to see like just like more highly competitive wca events
1: i agree and and do a better job of like making them watchable events
0: yeah so i think that would actually be really cool i wouldn't want it to replace worlds but it like could be very cool to have an invite only thing that doesn't make meant to be a spectator event
1: yeah, and and I think long-term, if, like, Worlds does have to turn into some sort of, like, invite-only or very, at least very highly competitive event, I think the best substitute for that would to be to do, like, a major, still do a major competition, but don't have it be, like, you, you know, like a championship, have it be more like a cube convention sort of style competition. Yeah, where,
0: have, like, you know, like, the World Cube Expo.
1: <laughs> yeah, something of that nature, where, like, um you know, maybe you, you do, like, you know four or five of the most popular events you know like two three four one hand and pyraminx or something um is the only events that you do at that of at that competition so it's open to like newcomers like people still can have a competition experience but because you focus on so few events you can focus on you know getting lots of people solves yeah um Oh hi, Bell. Uh, well, uh, yeah, sorry,
0: time. I rang th- that accidentally, but now I'm realizing that I should have rung it uh, probably at some point during our discussion of patterns.
1: Nice, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, my point being though that like um, I think you can have like a cube convention that like does this sort of like small event list open to everybody, but then also does non-competition things like seminars or. You know, like uh, puzzle displays, like, like collection displays, uh, rare yeah. puzzles. Like like you go and like try things out from other people, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, that that would make sense.
1: Um, and yeah, I think that it, like that would be a cool way to keep the community, like have an inclusive feeling and have everyone involved. But, you know, where we determine our champions might, may not necessarily be an inclusive event in terms of competing. It would just be inclusive in terms of, you know, still being a community event but it's just focused on you know watching the the best in the world compete
0: yeah and i think that like if you compare the way the cubing does it to like any other highly competitive thing the fact that it is so open to everybody is a little bit strange like it's weird that we still make the best cubers in the world compete with everybody right (laughs) in such an open way because it's like it's so obvious that like there's a small subset of people who are going to make it to the final round, right? So, in some in some sense, it's almost like there's a little bit of a. It's just like putting on a show. It's like, oh, you got to make it through this first round. That,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to some extent, I mean, that is what people love about cubing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I do get that. I just think that um, long term, there can still be a way to promote that inclusive atmosphere, just maybe not at world the world championships or national championships potentially itself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or continentals for that matter. But yeah.
0: All right. So I don't think either of us have any new S E E events, but we do have updates on our old new S E E events.
1: Oh yes. So, um, what were those again? (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) well, uh, you came up with the among us cubing challenge thing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was where you tried to solve as many cubes while playing Among Us, right? Yeah, that- so yeah, we, okay. we we
0: both did this. Uh, I lost my results from it, because I, I think I like did them, and I was like, oh, I'll just remember this for whenever we record an episode. That'll be soon. Uh, and then we didn't, so I've forgotten what my result was, but it was something around like eight cubes or something in my winning game. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I so... Yeah, I, I don't found, remember exactly. <laughs> I found the best strategy in my very first game and then could never repeat that to happen again.
0: <laughs> oh, really? What was that? Uh,
1: yeah. Um, try to get killed immediately, <laughs> I think, because I, I can't remember the rules exactly, but I'm pretty sure that like it was just solve as many cubes while like while the game is going on. And if your team wins, then your score counts. If your team loses, it's it's, it's a, a zero.
0: I think I remember that in my best game, I didn't get killed early. I think I actually survived until the end. Oh, really? Um,
1: (laughs) Just long meetings, maybe?
0: Long meetings helped. And I remember there was definitely one time where someone, like, I walked up to a body, but I wasn't paying attention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I see this dead body, and among us, you're supposed to, like, report those. But I was, like, I was finishing a solve, so I, like, walked over it. And then I like encountered someone else and then I noticed I had the report button. Oh boy. So it was a bit awkward, but I don't I don't know, there must have been like some desync or maybe they also weren't paying very much attention because they didn't like accuse me or anything. So <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I got a little bit lucky there, but I definitely remember that happening. It was like, man, I should have reported this much earlier than I did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, my five games, I had 10 in the game that I got killed pretty early and then just solved a bunch of cubes while doing my tasks as a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um the next game I got four, but it was a crew loss. Um, the third game I was imposter,
0: um,
1: <laughs> and, and being imposter is n- the worst for this. I just didn't yeah. even try. Uh, I didn't solve any. Um, <laughs> the next game was also a crew loss where I got five solved, and then my final game there were four solved, but and the crew won. So, ten zero 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 four
0: yeah i i don't know what my how many attempts i did or what my scores were but i think it was around eight was my best
1: yeah yeah i found the formula and then i just couldn't put it together after that
0: (laughs) yeah you gotta get you gotta get lucky and get killed early
1: yeah well i think part of it too is that like um what might have led to some of the crew losses too was just that i did survive and wasn't paying attention as much as i should have (laughs) So I like just didn't like vote well and it led to, you know, voting out other crewmates. And yeah, (laughs) it's been a while since those games actually happened. Like I did this pretty shortly after our last episode. But yeah, I just never got it together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, so I don't really remember a lot of the details from this, but I seem to remember like me not paying attention and losing because of that was part of it. (laughs) Um, But nobody found out I was doing this So that is the good news I did at least do it covertly
0: I I was playing this with you when I was doing it I don't even know if you knew I was doing it at that time You probably could could have guessed
1: I could have assumed that you were doing it at some points But uh, I didn't know exactly when in the session you were doing
0: it (laughs) Yeah, I I only did it for a couple games So I was trying to Trying to not make it obvious Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But yeah I also had a new SEE event Mine, of course, was much more intellectual Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is you move only solves meaning you get a scramble that only messes up one layer and then you solve that layer <laughs> but of and, well it's not even just that it only messes up one layer it's that it only turns one layer <laughs> <laughs> so we both did this looks like you got a 1.04 average of five yep uh, i had a
1: 0.8 yeah it, the trickiest part of it was just the reaction time yeah and because like my i had two two out of my five um scrambles were just salt cubes <laughs> um but and even then like you,
0: uh, 0.91 and 0.73 seconds
1: yeah because i just was like I, my fingers in both cases were just so ready to do a move yeah same that like i was just like trying to like pounce on them, recognizing which move it was and it just turned into stare with like my fingers like <laughs> like being like spring loaded and like ready to go and I had to like just switch to like nope stop
0: yeah I, I only had one just solved cube um and it was my worst solve <laughs> got a 1.22 on that one yeah, yeah it's a it's AUF practice I don't know what else to say
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I think what was unfortunate to tie I mean I was fortunate to get two solved but I also had two U2s
0: oh yeah those suck
1: yeah <laughs> that's like
0: twice as bad as your average scramble <laughs>
1: uh yes indeed um so i mean easy to recognize what to do there but it also was just like yeah you have to flick twice so slow slows it down just a little bit i don't know what happened on my three i literally don't remember did <laughs> you get a three <laughs> yeah. yeah it was just a u2 and i got a three and I'm bad at cubing, it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to be clear, we're using QQ timer scrambles that don't like make it obvious what it's gonna be. So it's yeah. not like the scramble is just U2, it's like R2 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 RR R R prime R prime R prime R2, R2 R you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Although we did it on a U face, but yeah, it's, Yeah. it's fine. <laughs>
0: I I did it in the R face and then I turned the cube sideways.
1: Oh you you rebel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh we haven't done this in a while so i don't think we really have any uh new events planned but we can talk about that next time all right
0: is that how the episode ends
1: usually yep that's it that's it all right all right man how does this show work kit (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i'm so out of practice also are you hearing like the drilling sounds yes i am hearing drilling (laughs) yeah okay uh unfortunate i I was i was curious if that's what you were commenting on i didn't want to say anything in case you were just like commenting on how we don't know how to finish a topic
0: It was a little bit of both. It was like, we don't know how to finish a topic, and then there's some very loud drilling. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) So we actually, in our lengthy time off, and by lengthy time off, uh, I don't know. Scrap that. I'm starting over. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to include this. I know it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.